Welcome back to Fringe Spirit, Not Your Love and Light Podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. Today we're going to talk about the third eye. The third eye, the pineal gland, our clairvoyant abilities, all of that. The good, the bad, and everything in between. Okay, so what is the third eye? From a scientific standpoint, we're speaking about the pineal gland, which is right in the very center of our brains and is responsible for receiving the information in regards to our light and dark cycles, essentially the cycles of waking and sleeping. So, you know, if you think about it in that way, even from the scientific standpoint, you know, our third eye is very, very open at night while we're sleeping, right? We're dreaming. We are dreaming. We're not seeing these things with our eyes. We're seeing them with our third eye. From the energetic standpoint, the third eye, we're speaking about our sixth chakra, right in the middle of our forehead. It is our spiritual perception and connection. And most people, when we think about our third eye, they're really thinking about our clairvoyant abilities. However, from the energetic standpoint, it's more than just the seeing. It's the perception and the receiving and the ability to see clearly, not only in this more metaphysical way, but also in our day-to-day lives. The ability to see our problems clearly, to see our lives clearly, to see the situations in our lives clearly. Okay. So most people, when they're asking me this question, they, you know, how do I open my third eye? They want to be clairvoyant, right? Like that's what most people are striving for when they're asking those questions and trying to dig into it. So that's what we're going to talk about for, for today. Okay. So how to open your third eye. First off, we need to remember that everybody is unique and different. And while I firmly believe we all have the ability to do all of these things, we come into these incarnations with strengths and weaknesses, right? If you have used your third eye and your clairvoyant abilities lifetime after lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, you're going to have a stronger ability. It's going to be very natural to you. Some people are just, some people have strengths in, say, clairaudience, and some people have strengths in their clairvoyance. Some people are more empathic. Some people are really, you know, that intuition, that gut feeling, that inner knowing, right? Some people are very strong there. We all have different Clairs that are more dominant and strong, kind of without trying, right? Just like some people are naturally athletic and some people are not. The people that are not naturally athletic, that doesn't mean that you can't do sports. That just means maybe you have to practice a little bit more to, to get to the same level as those who just, you know, were born with these athletic genes, right? So don't be deterred if it's more difficult for you or you hear from other people that it's so simple and easy for them, right? Because there is a lot that goes into it. And in my opinion, it's a little overrated. I think we should be more balanced with all of our uh, abilities to receive, our clairs, our chakras. We should be using everything very equally. Okay, 
So again, some people, it's more natural. Some people need to exercise it like a muscle. So if you're the one that needs to exercise it like a muscle and you're very, you know, gung-ho on improving your clairvoyant abilities, then you got to put in the work. Like that's just, that's just how it is, right? Okay. So how to open it? First of all, we got to figure out why it's closed or blocked or whatever the case may be. And a lot of people think my third eye is blocked or it's not open or whatever the case may be, but you are using it a lot of the times and you're not even realizing. Again, think dream state, right? You're fully, fully using your third eye in dream state. But if you have, so say you have a block, what, what is, what could be, what are the common things that might block our third eye? So let's go back further, right? Past lives. If you have some sort of trauma related to past lives, think, you know, again, this is the quote unquote witch wound concept where if you used your third eye, maybe you were, had, prof, you know, prophetic visions or you were psychic or whatever it was, you used that ability and then you got killed or persecuted for it or disowned by your family or something along those lines. And so then it creates this association of, I am not safe to use my third eye, right? any sort of trauma that leads you down that road. And it doesn't even always have to be, oh, I'm, you know, using my abilities. You know, maybe you you saw something really traumatic and you decided to kind of shut that off, right? Um, on rarer occasions, there absolutely can be things like contracts or quote-unquote curses placed on you or your lineage or, you know, whatever the case may be from past lives that are still following you through to this life. So that is less common, more common. It's more of like a trauma thing, something to heal. Then we can, you know, think childhood. So this is where, I mean, almost all of us probably turned off some of our clairvoyant abilities in childhood, right? I mean, if you've ever spoken to a kid, you know, they're seeing things, they're talking to things, and we tend to write it off, whether it's out of fear of what could they be talking to or seeing, or because we don't believe them, or, you know, whatever. But as a child, you know, if you are seeing things, and, you know, the adults and authority figures around you constantly tell you, no, it's your imagination. It's just your imagination. You're going to think that these things are not real. However, a lot of what we were told is our imagination is not our imagination. You know, there's there's different ways of seeing with your third eye. So you can see with your third eye essentially things in, say, the fourth dimension around you. Say there's a spirit in your living room sitting across the room from you or standing across the room from you, right? You're seeing things that are in the same kind of space as you, but in a different dimension, right? That's one way of seeing. And I think that's tends to be what kids tend to see when they are seeing things as kids, Another way of seeing things is you're not necessarily seeing things in your physical reality. It's not, oh, there's a spirit or something standing over there. 
It's you just see it right in front of your face and it's you're receiving these messages, but they're not physically there, right? And it's a little convoluted and, you know, a little complicated and confusing to understand. But the what kids tend to see are more so like your spirits and those types of things that are around them. And again, they're they're told it's their imagination and it's not. Okay. Then sometimes you have adults who are just totally scared, right? If you have a kid and they're like talking to, oh, there's, there's grandma and, you know, grandma died last week. Adults tend to get kind of freaked out. And not only do children pick up on that fear and potentially take it as their own, right? As kids, we're, we're picking up on energies and we don't always know if it's ours or someone else's. I mean, adults, we're, we're the same way. We don't know what's ours and what's not. So especially with kids, when you're very, very open, as they tend to be, you're, you're picking up on the fear of the people around you, but you're also seeing the reactions of the adults around you. And when they are scared and freaked out, I mean, the last thing you want to do is be the cause of that emotion on someone else, right? So whether you're told it's your imagination or you were just uh, freaking people out, you know, a lot of kids shut that stuff down. Maybe at some point you were told you were crazy, maybe in childhood, maybe in adolescence. You know, if you know, crazy can, you know, the word being called that can be very, very triggering if you have any sort of trauma in this lifetime or last time of being told you're crazy, whether it's a mental health issue or because you're spiritually inclined and you're seeing or hearing or connecting with these things. And, but however, societally, we have an association with the word crazy as very negative and out of control and there's something wrong with you, right? So if you're ever told you're crazy because you're seeing these things, of course, you're naturally probably going to shut that down. You may have also, maybe you, instead of um, you scared adults, maybe you you yourself got scared. Maybe you saw some scary things, right? Some kids, you know, they're seeing elementals or angels or spirits, but there's also not so great things out there. And if they, you know, are picking up on some darker things, right? If, especially if you, if you grew up in a pretty toxic household, where the people living there were very low vibrational, there's a higher chance that there were low vibrational energies, beings, entities, etc. around. And if you're very clairvoyant, you're going to just see what's there. You're not just picking and choosing. You're going to see what's there. So, if, you know, if you saw some things that were scary, of course, that's going to be traumatic. Of course, you're going to want to shut that down. So it could have been any of these scenarios. You could have also just blocked it yourself subconsciously as a protection mechanism, whether it was out of fear or, you know, sometimes even our spirit guides will block certain things for us for our own good for, I mean, uh, so many different potential reasons. It all depends on what our contracts are and the path that we're going down and what our traumas are and everything like that. So, but a lot of times it's, you know, scenarios in childhood that we tend to shut these things down. We're told it's our imagination when our imagination is real, right? You can see things with your third eye. Like I said, not necessarily in your reality, 
But the things that you can see or visualize and manipulate and do with, you know, your quote unquote imagination is real. It works. You will see the effects of this, you know, a lot, you know, if you ever do energy work or anything like that in a very clairvoyant way where you're visualizing the energy and you're pulling it out of a chakra or your aura or whatever, you know, you're, you're, to most people, it's, you're using your imagination, right? That's, that's not real. But when you feel the real physical effects of it, that's when you really start to realize anything that you can conjure up in your quote unquote imagination is real and has the potential to be very real. Is it going to manifest in your physical reality? Probably not. But is it going to have an effect on your physical reality? Absolutely. Okay. We'll get into all of that on a, on an episode on transmuting energy. But, uh, okay. So we talked about why it's closed. How do we, how do we open it up then? Right. So if, if, if it's closed for a reason, because there's a difference between it's like closed and blocked versus I need to hone this skill and work this muscle. But if it truly, if there truly is a block, if there truly is a deeper rooted reason why you are not clairvoyant, why you're not seeing things, right? Especially, so this might be a good way to, to almost differentiate, um, just kind of coming to my mind now. So if you ever have chakra work done on yourself or you do it on yourself, if the status of your third eye tends to be pretty good, but yet you're still not very clairvoyant, then that might mean more so that you need to hone the muscle. Whereas if there's baggage there from past lives and stuff like that, the chakra itself is probably going to hold some of that energy. Okay, how to open it back up. You got to do the healing, right? <laughs> I know you guys are probably sick of the fact that the answer to most things are you have to do the work. <laughs> But that's the reality. We don't get to be these super enlightened and powerful and badass versions of ourselves without doing some work to get there and to clear out the lower vibrational stuff and the bullshit that's in the way, right? There's only so much room and energy to hold within or space to hold the energy within us. And if we're holding on to all of this other stuff that is not serving us, there is no room for the stuff that is serving us. So we have to do the healing. And that depends on what the situation is. Is it past lives? Is it childhood? Is there some sort of energetic, uh, intention-based energy from another person? Potentially. You know, that that's essentially what curses are, which is a little side tangent. It's just intention energy. And some people are very good with their intention-based energy. And if if there's a seed already planted to... I can't use, I'm not a seer, I'm not clairvoyant. You know, so many people say I'm not clairvoyant when everyone is clairvoyant. It's a matter of, are you using it? Have you honed it, etc. If there is a little bit of a, a seed of doubt planted, whether it's from a childhood trauma or a situation where you turned it off, or your own kind of lack of confidence in that way. If, you know, there's someone out there that has some very strong intention and they like to do things like curses or black magic and they send that energy your way and want to limit you from seeing, 
the intention based energy can connect with you better when you're vibrating at the same level as the intention, as the, as the vibration of the intention. So if you're already vibrating at, I can't see, I'm not clairvoyant. And then someone sends you the energy of, I don't want her to see, I don't want her to be clairvoyant. Then it just, it has a much higher chance of affecting you. Granted, that is a very, very, very small scenario. I'm trying to think of how many people I've ever met that have had a scenario like that. And honestly, I can't think of that many, if, if even more than even just one. It's very uncommon. The whole curses and intention-based energy and kind of these contracts that we make with maybe some darker things in past lives, that is you know, probably 0.01% of the population. For most people, it's the childhood stuff for sure. But so you got to do the healing. So if it's childhood, you go back to, you know, you sit in meditation or you journal or you simply just make the intention of connecting with that version of your of child you at the time when this was shut down. And so if the if the inner child is experiencing fear, then you make them feel safe. You tell them it's okay. And you know, you you parent them as you would if they were your own child and you were trying to make them feel safe and comfortable, etc. If they were told it's not real, it's their imagination, then of course you tell them, no, this shit is real. Let me show you, let me tell you. And you know, it's what it depends on the trauma and how you choose, you know, how the method you choose to heal it, right? And, and again, then it all comes back to essentially noticing the triggers, right? You know, some people, they want to see really bad. And then when they feel like they're really close to seeing something, the fear washes over them. And that's going to block you. You have to release the fear that you have connecting to it. And if you don't know where the fear comes from, that's the that's the area to dig. That's where you that's your starting point for finding the the root of the trauma, the root of the block. Why did this happen? So so many people, I think the most common is people are in a place of fear whether consciously or subconsciously because sometimes it's very subconscious and you don't even notice that you're fearful until you really pay attention to your whole body, right? Is Are your muscles tense? Is your chest tight? Is your heart beating really fast? Do you feel discomfort in your stomach, right? When you're thinking about, you know, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to see something, right? And you're kind of, maybe you're scared. And sometimes we can, you know, if you really pay attention to your body, that's where you can really figure out if you're feeling fearful and where to kind of dive deeper, right? Okay, so... Do the healing, release the fear, then clear out your chakras, right? You know, if you're gonna, if you're practicing, right, through say meditation or, you know, just day to day life and whatever, you know, you clear out your chakras, right? All, you know, especially the third eye, clear out that third eye chakra, get it real, real good. And of course, that's gonna help you, right? And then you also, we need to let go of expectations. I, this is the number one killer, in my opinion, is we have an expectation of what we think being clairvoyant looks or feels like because everyone experiences it differently, right? 
Some people experience it as almost like photographs popping up in their mind. Some people see swirls of color and then they learn to interpret what the different colors mean. Some people see symbols and again, they have to interpret what do these symbols mean? Some people watched like a full on movie in their mind, right? There's so many layers and levels to it. And you can't expect to go from, I have never seen something clairvoyantly or very infrequently to I'm watching movies play out in my head. It just, it doesn't work that way. It's, you're, you're, if you didn't start off very strong in that area, you have to work your way there. You have to exercise it like a muscle. You know, you're not gonna, you know, have super big biceps or abs of steel because you went to the gym once or because you wanted it really bad, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. So, in order to not only open it back up, but really honing it and, you know, getting used to it and, and getting stronger with it, we have to exercise it, which I think, and a lot of people are going to hate this, but the best way to do that is meditation. The problem with meditation, again, is too many people are going to have expectations of, I need to see this, I need to see that. And if I don't, then I failed. And so, you need to let go of the expectation and just be open to whatever comes through. There is a little exercise that I heard a long, long, long time ago, and I think it, it has helped a lot of people. And it's a really, it's, it's a brilliant, um, exercise. I wish I came up with it. <laughs> and the, the exercise is you take a photo, a photograph, you look at it, you know, really look at it for a minute and then close your eyes and try to see that photograph in your mind. And maybe the first time you don't see it. So you open your eyes again, look at it again, and just keep trying. And once you can see that photograph in your mind, very clearly, detail, you know, continue to do it until, and it can take, you know, days, right? Do it every day for a week. Do it five times a day for a week, whatever. If you really want to hone your clairvoyance, then you have to be dedicated. It just, it is what it is, as with everything else in life, right? So, once you can actually see the photograph in your mind, then you start to manipulate it. Then you start to move, you know, say it's, there's, you know, you have three kids and all three of your kids are in the photo and maybe they're all standing on the beach. You know, maybe have one of them move and walk towards the water or one of them sit down in the sand or, you know, do that. And then once you can move the, the figures and objects in the frame of the photo, then pan it, right? Move the perspective, look left, look right, those types of, thi types of things. I mean, this is a brilliant, um, I don't know who came up with it originally, but uh, it's, a, it's a really, really good exercise. So I would definitely suggest that. I you know, if you're, if you're saying I can't see and you're not willing to try that, then you're really not willing to try that hard. So give it a whirl. And I know it will help, you know, if you, if you continue to try it, right? Obviously, you might need to go through some of the, any sort of healing that might be there as well. But okay. Let's move on. Okay. So what happens when you do open your third eye? So everyone wants to open their third eye, but they're not ready for what happens when they open their third eye. <laughs> so you're going to see everything. You don't get to choose. You don't get to choose to only see angels and spirit guides and your past loved ones. You will see various things. 
You may start to see portals. You might start to see people's auras. You might start to see dark entities and kind of some of the lower vibrational dark things. And it can be very, very jarring, some of the things that you may see. And it can be things from a dark entity, literally within your reality, just in a different dimension. Or maybe you're watching a past life and, you know, you're seeing something very, very gnarly and disturbing. I mean, I've seen some severely disturbing, borderline traumatizing things with my third eye. So you have to know that you're, you're going to see an array of things and know that that is going to be part of it. You're not going to, you don't get to choose to only see the pretty cool, pretty and cool and exciting and light things. Another thing that might happen is you might get bombarded with spirits. So the spirit world, they know what and who can see them, connect with them and help them. It's pretty fascinating. And you might get bombarded by the sp- by spirits that want help crossing over or in a more of a mediumship way. You know, you might be out somewhere and get bombarded with a spirit that's like, hey, give this person this message or, you know, showing you certain things and related to some stranger. So you might start to get bombarded. And if you do get bombarded, that's when you have to put up b- some boundaries. You have to set rules and guidelines for the spirit world. And you put that out there, right? These are my hours. This is what, you know, I'm, I mean, my eye, my third eye is open or it's not open. And, you know, don't, you do not let it control you because it can, you know, initially it can feel very chaotic. And, you know, if it blasts right open, some people blasts right open. Some people it's more of a slow burn. But, you know, if you do start to get bombarded with spirits because they're like, hey, you know, this person can help me, you know, you you have to set up boundaries and guidelines and don't ever think like, oh, this is just my life now and I can't control it. I don't want to do this anymore. You can control it. This is your life. You are a sovereign being. You can create the boundaries that you choose. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lastly, what happens when you open it? (laughs) You can't unknow the things that you know. So, and what I mean by that is you may see things that are terrifying, that are scary, things that look maybe demonic, things that you might see things attached to other people, to loved ones, to people that you're close with. And you, sure, you can decide like, okay, like I'm going to shut this down and I'm not going to see anymore. But you can't not, you're not going to not know those things. So what you know, you can't unknow. So be ready to potentially know things that you may not want to know. You know, you might have someone in your life that is not remotely interested in spirituality. And you might see some, you know, a dark entity or, or, you know, a dark energy or like a black cloud around them. And you may really want to tell them to help them. But if they're not receptive to it, then you're kind of stuck. And again, you can't unknow. Okay. So how to work with it. Once it, once you're starting to, to open it and to dabble and all of that, what do you, what do you do? Again, continue meditating and practicing with it. Various, Various practices, just meditating, just allowing, being open, surrendering to what comes through, right? Not forcing something in meditation, 
Uh, guided meditations are, of course, very helpful because they can put, they can create the pictures for you. So you're not having to wait for some imagery to kind of come forth, right? We also, we need to develop discernment. Okay. So we need to be able to understand or interpret what we're seeing, right? Because so not only discernment in the way of, I guess you'd say fuckery, that's kind of the word that I use, which I would send you to the episode on shapeshifters and discernment. However, outside of like discerning, is this light, is this dark, is this good, is this bad? The interpretation factor is so underrated. People... People begin to start to see things and they tend to, you know, take things at face value. A lot of the time when we see things with our third eye, you know, we're, we're struggling with, is this a metaphor? Is this actual? Is this for me? Is this for somebody else? You know, like, what am I seeing? You know, is this a past life? Is this somebody else's life? Is this the future? Am I just seeing this as a metaphor for something else? You know, it really takes a lot to know what you're seeing and what it means. And so you can't just, you know, open your third eye and then everything you see is just take it at face value. It just, it doesn't work that way. So for example, um, I personally, I will get the, the visual of someone climbing a mountain when the message is, and you know, depending on where they are in the mountain, it's kind of like where they are on their journey, whatever their, whatever journey they're on, right? Is it a spiritual journey? Is it a healing journey? You know, whatever. I tend to get the visual of someone climbing a mountain. If, you know, and that took me time to be able to discern and know that that's what that means for me. When I get that image, that tends to be what it means. Of course, you always, you know, you want to ask questions and, and sit with it and all of that. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, hey, like maybe I need to go climb a mountain. It could, it could. Maybe for for somebody else, when they see a visual of someone climbing a mountain, it means they need to go be grounded or they need to go start a spiritual journey uh, or, you know, they need to get out and connect with nature more. It can, it can mean so many different things. And until you can really figure out what those things mean. There's so much interpretation needed and we just, we can't take it at face value. So we need to work through, I kind of call it like developing your own kind of dictionary or encyclopedia of what things mean for you. Okay. So say another example, right? Sometimes you'll see like a, maybe a, a visual of someone kind of floating. And it can be, well, are they out of their body? Are they astral traveling? Is there a disassociation or disconnect with their physical body? Is this a trauma response? Is this an image of the soul leaving the body after death, right? There's so many ways to interpret that. And that's, those are the things we need to work through. 
Same thing like, uh, maybe you see water, right? Water. It could mean, do you need to go ground? Do you need to go to the ocean? Do you need to connect with, with Mother Gaia? Do you need to connect with your emotions? Cause water's, water equals emotions. Is it a Syrian being trying to connect with you? And, you know, they are very water based, right? It could, there's so many potentials and you really, really, really need to work through figuring out what things mean to you. And the best way to figure out what things mean is to use all of your senses. We can't only use our clairvoyance because if you, if you use nothing else and just your clairvoyance, you will never be able to determine what does this water mean? What does, you know, this, this visual of someone floating mean, right? You have to use all of your senses, right? And, and do not forget your gut feeling. Your gut feeling is usually the first thing to pop through. And we tend to ignore it because we've been programmed to ignore our gut feelings since forever. (laughs) But think about, you know, what was the first thing that popped into your mind when you saw that image, right? And use your other senses, right? So are you hearing anything, right? Maybe if you're seeing water, you're also hearing the ocean, right? And you're like, okay, so this seems more like water and less like the metaphor of emotions, right? You know, what about your, you know, maybe you're feeling like a discomfort in your stomach. Maybe you're feeling some tingling, right? Pay attention to all of your senses. It is so, 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 so important that we have balance between all of our senses because what ends up happening, and this happened to me because I'm a very, very, very visual person is you become imbalanced with your senses and you can almost, it's like having like an overuse injury, right? It's like um, if you just started running as a runner and your body is not used to being a runner, but you decide I'm going to go run an hour every single day after never having run a day in your life. And you injure yourself. Your body is not used to it. And even if your body is used to it, you can still get the overuse injuries, right? If you're using something too much, you can injure it. And it's the same thing with our third eye and all of our other senses. So we don't want to rely on only our clairvoyant abilities. We really want to use all of it. We want to think, you know, what am I hearing, right? Focus on all of it. And what is your whole body telling you? Like it's, it's a, there's a whole big picture. And if we only focus on the visual, we're leaving so much information out of the picture that is going to help you to interpret. Because the biggest thing with, with the third eye is the interpretations. Okay. So what I would suggest is journal. And when you begin to use your third eye, Maybe you, maybe you meditate and it's not a guided meditation and you're just kind of doing what I call just like a blank meditation where you're just sit, you know, blank, empty, just allowing whatever comes to come or nothing at all. And maybe all you get is a symbol or a color, right? Write those down. In addition to writing those down, how did you feel while you were meditating? Did you feel antsy? Did you feel calm? Did you feel warm and loving? Did you feel content and peaceful, right? What emotions are you feeling? What did you get any sensations through your body, right? 
we have to, we really need to find this balanced place between everything. And if you can start to journal and write these things down. So you saw a symbol, the symbol was blue. You know, maybe you kind of had that like Zen feeling like you're at the ocean and, you know, whatever the case is. Maybe you got like a high pitch ringing in your left ear. You haven't, you come out of it. You have no idea what it means. That's okay. At the beginning, you're not going to know what anything means. <laughs> and, but write it down because you might start to notice patterns. Maybe every time you get like a bright uh, or a high pitch ringing in your left ear, the color blue is coming through and then an, there's an emotion attached to it or whatever the case may be. Don't, don't rely just on the visuals. Uh, f- bring it all together and write it down. And then you begin to create these associations where you know that this typically means this, this typically means this, this combination of things usually means this. And in my opinion, that is such a good way of figuring out how to discern and how to interpret what things mean. Okay. So again, some things to remember. We don't, again, we don't want to overuse the third eye. So we want to turn it off when we're not using it. It's also a boundary thing, right? If you are getting a little bombarded by visitors or spirits or things wanting to talk to you or you to give messages to other people, turn it off and set some boundaries and rules, right? And, and again, we don't want to overuse it. We don't want to become obsessed with using our third eye. And I'm, I'm saying this from experience. <laughs> we can get a little obsessed with using our third eye because it, it is relatively easy once you really kind of hone it. And again, then we're not paying attention to our other senses. And we want to be receiving with all of our senses. So we want to be balanced. We don't want to overuse it. And again, we need to remember that everybody has different innate abilities. Everybody's coming into this incarnation with different traumas, different pasts, different strengths, different weaknesses. And don't compare yourself to others. It is okay. Maybe you are not meant to be someone who does, you know, past life readings where you see all these, you know, vivid past lives, right? In my opinion, the people who have the most... What's the word that I want to use? I want to say badass, but that's not very detailed. People who are not very clairvoyant are so phenomenal with their other senses that it's, it blows you away. Some people, you know, the, the, the lesson is hone your other senses before you open your third eye. And some people do. And the things that they can do and the way that they can move energy and heal and all of these things, and they can't see any of it. it but they're so good and they're so strong at it because they've been honing their other chakras and their other clairs and all of that. So everyone has different paths Don't compare yourselves to others. Follow what, you know, what you're being guided to. You gotta, you don't want to force it. You don't want to force, you know, this clairvoyant idea that you want to have when maybe that's not your path. You know, just be open to receiving and you can always continue to improve and improve. And again, don't compare yourselves to others. Okay. Question everything. There's a balance between 
You want to trust yourself because if you're not trusting, you're going to have a hard time receiving. But there is a difference between questioning and trusting, right? Because you can trust what you are seeing and receiving, right? Yes, I am seeing this image and I trust that I'm seeing it. I'm not crazy. But the questioning comes in as far as what does it mean? Just because you're seeing it and you can trust and believe that, yes, you are indeed seeing this thing, you, you don't need to assume that what you're seeing is is a face value interpretation. So question what the meaning of it is until you really start to see these patterns and associations with certain things where you then know, right? And then last but not least, things to remember... There is fuckery and you can dive deep into that in the, in the shapeshifter episode. But there is fuckery. And what I mean by that is there are beings who can project images on you. They can cloak themselves to appear as something else or to not be there at all. You know, kind of an invisibility thing and they can shapeshift into other things. So, This is why it is vital that we use all of our senses. If you only use your ability to see and you see and it looks like this beautiful angelic figure and it's giving you guidance and you're listening to it, but you're not using your other senses where your gut, your gut would tell you this feels wrong, right? Because maybe the guidance is really bad and and you're in, you know, you're maybe you're kind of nauseous, but you're not paying attention to your physical body. You're not paying attention to the sensations in your body. Your gut is yelling at you both in a nauseous way and in the gut feeling type of way that this doesn't feel right. But if you're not focusing, you're not paying attention to your other abilities and your other abilities to receive in your physical body and everything, essentially, and you're only seeing the visual you will get taken for a ride and you will get manipulated because there there absolutely are things that will give you false images and, you know, false images of themselves. And the, the way that we pick up on that is by having a balance between all of our receiving centers, I guess you'd say, Claire's, uh, chakras, you know, physical body, energetic body, all of the things. So... At the end of the day, using your third eye, you know, is is a little overrated because everyone thinks you just open it and then you're good. But the it takes a long, long time to get good at the interpretation factor and the balance of using that along with your other senses. So be patient with yourself. Be kind with yourself. Be gentle. Let go of the expectations that you have of what you think opening your third eye and using it will look like. Release the fear and don't compare yourselves to others. Your journey is yours. And if you're not extremely clairvoyant at this time, there's a reason for it. And that is okay. And it's part of your path. And we we don't want to have the same path as everybody else. That would be so boring. So follow your path, follow your gut, go with the flow and have fun, right? Have fun. I know this sounded very serious and like 
almost making it sound like it sucks, but you know, I, I want to be real with people. And I've seen so many people that, you know, they, they didn't have the, the knowledge and the information up front. And, you know, it went really sour for them or scary or, you know, they're, they're taking things the wrong way. And I just, I hope that this helps. Uh, have fun with, have fun with the learning process, right? Don't worry about getting to the point where you're this badass clairvoyant, right? Have fun with the journey. Have fun with getting there. It's, it's, that's the whole point, right? It's not about the end, uh, the end result. It's about the process and the journey getting there. So with that, everyone, uh, thank you for listening and I will talk to you next time. Bye.